Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day. We thank you for all the good things you have taught us yesterday. We thank you that you work on us every single day to make us a better person than what we were yesterday. You fill us with the wisdom from your word that you and your presence go with us every single day. So that in every situation, no matter the challenge there, it works out for the good. The good of all those who love you and whom you have called according to your purpose. Thank you, Father, that you are ever merciful and are willing to pour out that wisdom onto us. You do not look upon us with the eyes of judgment, but are willing to give and keep on giving. And even this morning, Lord, when we come to you, you pour your peace and your joy into our hearts. That which no one can give and which no one can take away from us either. And it is that peace that helps us focus on our relationship with you and our prayer in the secret place. That we are able to leave our baggage behind outside that door. And yet when we come to you, you know exactly the luggage that we've been carrying all along. And you speak to our lives, to that circumstance. You provide the understanding that is needed to overcome that challenge. That we can stand in victory. This morning, Father, we come to draw and drink from you again. To fill ourselves with your presence. To carry your presence with us as we go out into this day. So that it is that presence that speaks over our life. That speaks your favor, that speaks your grace. And in all the times that we have fallen weak, it speaks your mercy. We share that same peace and joy, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group, those that have no one to pray for them. With all those that are called Christians and have not yet encountered you and with all those that do not want to know you. That their hearts be quickened, their eyes be opened, Father. To see the truth, that your truth shall set them free. As we make our prayer this morning, we call on your name. The name of the great I am, our maker, our creator, the one who is faithful. The one who is the lifter and preserver of men. The one who blots our sins and our transgressions and casts them behind his back. Who remembers them no more. The one who seeks to purify us from all our limitations. That we go back no more to that vulnerability. But we emerge from that darkness with strength. The one who is our shield, our deliverer. And we pray in the name of Jesus, your son, the Lion of Judah, the rock, 
the author and finisher of our destiny, our daily bread. We pray in His Spirit, in the name of His Spirit, who is our strengthener, our standby, our teacher, our advocate, always interceding for us. It is He who has made His tabernacle within our body, so that when we step out, we are walking temples that carry the presence of God. It is that presence in us that commands every situation around us. And he has seated us with him in high places, above every other level of authority, every principality and every power, so that when we sit in the throne of the king with him, we sit in that authority and we are able to speak his word which is guaranteed, signed by his name, that heaven and earth shall pass, but that word shall not pass until it's fulfilled. That is the authority that we carry and we always remember it, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with that authority, that you have blessed us with the blood of Jesus so that when we are cornered, just like the Israelites were at the face of the Red Sea, we are able to plead the blood of Jesus that Red Sea parts and engulfs us in, that we are kept safe. It's like building a barricade around us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your principles, your promises that you have hidden in there that are revealed only to those that you want to reveal them to so that they can pray under an open heaven. They can walk in your favor. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with angels, with destiny help us with family and with friends, tools and resources and provisions that you have made available to us through people that we might be blessed, that we might lack nothing. We thank you, Father, that you have given us the gift of your word and the gift of prayer that we might commune with you and then we can connect with you at all times. that we might give you permission to take charge over the challenging circumstances in our lives, to intervene and to turn things around. We thank you, Father. This morning, I'd like to continue on our reflection from yesterday, where we spoke about the Israelites crossing the Red Sea and how that correlates with the New Testament version of it where it was the ocean of mercy, the blood of Jesus. And how that then applies to our lives. That in our challenging circumstances, we can plead the advocacy of his blood. And even the devil hates it. Because he is then rendered helpless and defeated. Today we shall reflect on their journey after the crossing of the Red Sea. The Israelites, led by Moses, crossed the desert to reach Sinai. There the Lord gave them his ten commandments, his law. But in between, they made an idol, a golden calf, in place of God. They even grumbled and complained along that journey. And then the Lord, angered by this, declared that none of that generation of those that had sinned 
and had grumbled would enter into the promised land. We see a mention of that and you can reference it in Numbers chapter 14 verses 28 to 30. Effectively, they wandered the wilderness for 40 years. They faced many battles until all that generation that had sinned had died. All except Joshua and Caleb did not enter into the promised land. It was only the new generation that came after. And the Lord specifically mentioned there, when we look at those verses in Numbers chapter 14, verses 28 to 30, he mentioned everyone above the age of 20, that is everyone that had some level of maturity and understanding and knowingly, willfully sinned, even though saved after that Red Sea, would still not enter the kingdom of heaven, the promised land. So here are some of my reflections on that journey there. Number one, once saved through salvation does not mean permanently saved. Does not mean that you can do whatever you like, including sinning again. We are called to a life of holiness. Let's look at what Hebrews chapter 10 verses 26 to 31 warns us about this. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, that is after you have come to know salvation, then no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So you go back from being under grace to being under the law and being judged. Verse 28, anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. Verse 31 is significant, especially because it says, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you have been, if you have pleaded the blood of Jesus over your life and you are saved, you cannot go back to those same sins again. We are inviting that same trouble back on us once again. It's like going back to Pharaoh and wanting slavery after having crossed the Red Sea. That's what happened to the Israelites there. None of them could enter the kingdom. So that leads us to our second reflection. You cannot enter the promised land, the kingdom, with sin in your heart. He said, come as you are with all your sin. That is before crossing the Red Sea. And that's how I want you. We see that in Isaiah 55. And therefore, through the blood of Jesus, we are made righteous. But after you have 
pleaded the blood of Jesus and it has saved you, you have to give it up. You have to give up sin and be sanctified before you enter the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit works with us to help us give up our sinful ways. He recognizes and understands that that sinful nature is still part of us. Now, every time 40 is mentioned, the number 40 is mentioned in the Bible. It speaks of a time of reformation and renewal. A building up or an edification. We see it from Noah to Moses to Jesus as well. 40 days, 40 years. In case of Israelites, it was an even longer time, 400 years, 10 times more of slavery. But the 40 years year of purification, in case of the Israelites in the wilderness, was a phase of giving up that sin. And all those that had sinned had to die before the whole community could enter into the promised land. What does that mean for us? It means we must die to our sin before we can enter the kingdom. And that is what the whole concept of death and resurrection demonstrated by Jesus is. Dying in the flesh to fleshly ways of sin to rising on the day of Easter in the spirit. Free from the fleshly ways. All that sin that we have carried along after we crossed his blood has to be renounced. And God declared that all those sinful in Numbers 14, there we saw that God declared all those that had sinned would die in the wilderness. So that's our next step. It's symbolic of the sin part of our life dying there in our process of renewal so that after we emerge out of that purification phase which was symbolic of the 40 years in the wilderness as 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says we then become a new creation we have seen there that only the new generation of Israelites passed into the promised land not the old generation We likewise become a new creation, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. All the old sinful life from us has passed away. We have renounced it, given it up and left it behind. And then all things in us are made new and replaced with godliness. That is the journey that is the Lord's plan for us. No sinful habit can enter with us into the kingdom. I hope you are getting this. So when someone prayed with you and pleaded the blood of Jesus over you and then you were saved, the problem did not go away. It was still there. The cause of it, the mistake that we have made, the effect only is taken away so that it cannot harm you. But the cause, our mistakes are still there. And remember that you still have that tendency to make that mistake or to sin again being human and being vulnerable. So we must first work to get rid of that. We must understand where the mistakes were and work to get rid of that. That is the first thing that the Holy Spirit works on after we are saved. 
So after you experience your healing, your deliverance or your miracle, you must start connecting with the word and reading the Bible. That is the word that can wash us clean from our old habits of sin. We must be washed. The only way to wash it is the word. It takes time for us to come to that realization and to fight it till we give it up completely. But the Holy Spirit is patient. He works with us at our pace, in our situation, where we are, how we are, and he raises up from there. He makes it happen. Number three, the Lord gave his commandments at Sinai. In the New Testament, he said in Hebrews 10 verse 16, I will put my law on their hearts, not on two tablets this time, but on their hearts so that it is written within them. They don't have to reference it externally, but internally. So in our case, it is his word that he puts on our heart. He creates in us a hunger to study that word and to know him and his ways so that we can then align. And then as we step about our lives, every time there is an area of concern, he puts us in remembrance of that word which is on our hearts. That is how he convicts us and says, what you are doing is not in alignment. It seems wrong. That is where we start to feel uncomfortable around certain things that in the past we were okay with. Certain types of friends, certain types of language. It is what the word does to us when it washes us. It renews our mind. And that is where we start to feel uncomfortable. And when you feel uncomfortable, you have to listen to it. Don't ignore it. Number four, the many battles that the Israelites faced on the way were to build their faith and to strengthen their relationship with God. We too will undergo tests. But our eyes must stay focused on the destination, the promised eternal life and not the temporary battles that we have on our hands right now. And we have to keep speaking in authority and releasing our faith. That is the key to success in all of those battles. Remember who you are. Remember who you are with, where you are seated, and what authority he has given you. And then release it in faith. Number five, the important thing in their journey and all the successes that they achieved in the battle can be attributed to the presence of the ark that they carried with them. God was thus with them all the time and never left them. It is our job to stay with God in this journey and to never leave him out of it. If we are to achieve success in our battles, we must carry that ark with us everywhere. It did not end, your journey did not end at your salvation, at the crossing of the blood of Jesus. That's where your journey to the promised land actually started. Till then, you were randomly going in different directions and not towards the kingdom. Psalms 3 verse 6 says, Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will direct your path. And then look at Psalm 91. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will receive all those promises that are mentioned in that psalm. 
Now, who is close to him is the one that will receive. Not one who is acquaintance or still worse, one who has forgotten him. Carry the ark of his presence with you wherever you go. It is actually easier now because we have been given the Holy Spirit and his tabernacle is now in our body. Literally, you are the temple. God resides in that temple. You have to recognize it, acknowledge it and carry it with you into every new circumstance that you enter into. Speak to him, ask him for direction, surrender it to him and let him take over. And number six, it is time to exercise your priesthood. Each of you are called to be priests and kings. Every single one of us that crosses the blood of Jesus and is on our journey into the kingdom. See Exodus chapter 19 verse 6. That is where it tells us that we are called to be priests and kings. So our journey is the same as the Israelites. It is from slavery to sin to moving to salvation through the blood, to moving to sonship because of Jesus and his sacrifice that we have been made heirs and then moving into priesthood where we commune with God and we offer our sacrifice of prayer. For each one of us, it is not only the priests in church. Each one of us are called to that life of prayer. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 provides more detail. It says you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Royal talks of kings and priesthood. So kings and priests, which is what was told to them in Exodus 19 verse 6. You are a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's 1 Peter 2 verse 9. That is, we are to pray and commune with God at all times. This royal priesthood in itself is a separate topic, topic and we'll probably reflect on it on one of these days separately. 40 years is a time, or even 40 days, is a time of purification. In our day, we observe it as Lent. But if you look closer at this story, that purification started after they crossed over the Red Sea. After we crossed the blood of Jesus, we must start that phase of purification. It did not stop with the hyssop at the cross. It is an ongoing process until we reach the realm of Galatians 2 verse 20. Until we reach back to what God created us in that form. Genesis 1 verse 26, which is the same as Galatians 2 verse 20. In the likeness and image of God. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, it is no longer I, but my Christ who lives in me. Therefore, I become in his image and his likeness. Because he lives in me and through me. So everything I do is like him doing it. There is no difference. That should be our ultimate goal. 
the image and likeness of the creator himself. Father, we thank you that you show us through your word where our journey should lead. And you said you have plans for us, plans to prosper us and give us an expected end. And along the way, along that journey, you add wisdom, you add understanding through your word, Father. Help us always stay connected with that word so we gain a better understanding of what you have called us to in this life. The task that you have placed at our hands, what you have ordained us to be as ministers in your kingdom, that when we have a clear understanding of the path, the road ahead, that you light up for us, then aligning to that becomes even more easier. Open up our understanding, Father, to see that truth and to walk with you in your light into your kingdom. I ask for this edification in our spirits this day. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs. Those of our prayer group, our ministry, for all those requests that have been mentioned on this prayer group. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease. Those that are hospitalized, they will undergo any kind of procedures this day. We pray for all families that are embattled. For all those that are battling any kind of strongholds in their lives. For all those that are battling financial challenges and uh, lack of job opportunities where they seem to be stuck in the same place and nothing moves. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over each of these that we now raise in prayer. We plead the blood of Jesus over every member of each of our families that is part of this Holy Spirit Brisbane prayer group. We draw the bloodline around them so that that blood speaks for their life. When we are covered in that blood, all our sin, though it may be like scarlet, is washed white as snow. Through that blood, he clothes us with his righteousness. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, your plan for these lives, Father. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us. Protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray also, Father, for all those members of our family and our friends that have not yet been saved, that have not yet received their salvation. Quicken them, O oh Father that their eyes be opened, that they might call on your name and be delivered, that they might not end up in shame. We stand in that gap and we offer our prayer for them as well, especially the ones that refuse to want to know you. We pray for our own personal needs as well, Father, those of our families. Father, we thank you that you have heard us. 
that you always hear us. And when we release our prayer of faith, we make it our prayer of agreement. Then you move. You hover over all that situation that seems hopeless, that seems without shape and without form. You give it life. You breathe life into it and you give it shape and form and make it a new creation. You bring that miracle to come to pass. We join our spirit to yours to be one spirit in this prayer. And we release our faith knowing that that prayer is an answered prayer. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift of tongues to release your tongue and your faith and ask the Holy Spirit in all sincerity, ask him to take over. Let us now pray in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Barra <laughs> 
The words spoken to me this morning, listen to my voice. The scripture I've been giving today is from 1 Peter 1, 13 to 19. Therefore, gird up your minds, be sober, set your hope fully upon the grace that is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you invoke as father, him who judges each one impartially according to his deed, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture that has been mentioned in the chat, but it is an entire psalm. Psalm 23, which I would encourage each of you to read in your own personal time. Just in the interest of time here, we won't read the whole psalm. It's about the Lord being our shepherd. Before we conclude, just a reminder about our Bible study topic for this Friday. The topic is the power of proclamation. And we will learn that the word of God, along with his breath, that is his spirit, gives life to various situations. We will also learn to take hold of God's word to execute God's written judgments. We shall share links for people to join on Zoom and on YouTube. We shall share that in a message on our Telegram group. Please share it with your friends and your family and invite them to come and attend this session. And as you always say, it is more about receiving that presence and carrying that presence with them back home. That presence then starts answering, answering to their lives.
And if you are enjoying these morning encounters with the Lord, also Brother Savio's reflections, please share our videos which are posted on the Telegram group, the YouTube videos please, and the messages as well. Please share them on your social media, on Facebook. Brother Savio's reflections are also posted on our Facebook page, by the way. So you could share them there as well so that others in your contact circles that are actually seeking for some inspiration there in the spirit can be quickened and received from the Lord and their lives can start to turn around as well. So do not hesitate to press that share button. Please consider blessing someone. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes of his jealous love for us, let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless you. God bless everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.